Hi everybody, Tom Clarkson here. Now, in just a few weeks' time, we'll be back with another season of Beyond the Grid, bringing you more laughs, more tears and more can't-miss stories from the biggest characters in Formula One. But before then, I wanted to introduce you to a special one-off podcast we've produced on F1 Esports. Now, some of you may follow Esports and some of you may not, but what I can assure you is that the racing is every bit as hard as the real-world equivalent. So whether you're already a fan or you're on the fence, sit back and enjoy the show. I'll leave you in the safe hands of another Tom, Tom Deacon. Over to you, Tom. It's now or never, coming down the hill, tries to swing around Ooh. the outside, and that's a great move! Ooh. And there's a bit of contact. Is anybody feeling brave in the rain in Montreal? And he's wheel to wheel with David Tanitza. Davide, are you okay? What an aggressive move! That is fantastic, he's the driver of the day! Hello and welcome to a very special podcast on F1 Esports with me, Tom Deacon. I'm here backstage at the 2019 Grand Final and I'll be looking back at the season, speaking to all of those who've made it such an enthralling roller coaster. I'll be chatting to drivers, to event organisers, to the people who make the games, all to explore what makes F1 Esports one of the most compelling and fastest growing racing series on the planet. The 2019 New Balance F1 Esports Pro Series featured exhilarating racing from start to finish, from a field every bit as competitive as their real-world counterparts, and we'll be bringing you highlights from every round all the way to the grand final. But to start off with, if you don't already know, what exactly is F1 Esports and how does it work? Here's F1's Head of Esports, Dr. Julian Tan. Formula One Esports is our flagship virtual championship involving the 10 Formula One teams competing on the official Formula One game. We launched it in August of 2017. And yeah, it's just been going from strength to strength. At its very core, the program is split across three stages. The first stage being qualifications. And qualifications primarily take place online. And then the second stage is the pro draft, whereby the qualifiers, the top qualifiers from across the world, the best of the very best, get flown in and they take part in what is essentially a week-long boot camp. And as part of that boot camp, it all culminates into a final live show where 10 of the official Formula One teams will pick their drivers to represent them and become official members of the F1 teams. And then we go into the third stage, which is the Pro Series. And here, this is where the official F1 teams compete against each other in a similar way as they do on the real life grid. They've got two drivers, they've got 12 races across the season. And in the same way that they compete and earn points for themselves and for the teams, depending on where they end up on the grid, they will start to accumulate those points and at the end of the pro series we have a team champion and a driver champion to sort of mirror the real world and this year we have a prize fund of half a million dollars that gets distributed to the teams based on where they end up on the team standings and a trophy as well you've got to have the trophy as and well a very beautiful trophy indeed so julian why is f1 involved in esports so there's several main objectives you know at the very core of entering the world of esports it was about how we could reach out to a new audience. You know, it's no secret that Formula One's fan base is an aging fan base. So it's through initiatives like esports that we can create new touch points for our fans and be able to create 
new and alternative ways that we can actually speak to our fans and through gaming and through esports we're creating a property that we're able to communicate to a younger generation in really a language that they're familiar it is also really important for us because esports and gaming allows us to increase the accessibility into the world of formula one which we know that as a sport is not the most accessible sport you know unlike tennis where you can pick up a tennis racket and play in your local court you can't just jump into a Formula One car. So it's really through gaming, it's through esports that we're able to break down those barriers and give our fans a way to engage with the world of F1 in a new and a different alternative way. And also, I think as we've begun to explore the world of esports, we've begun to see that actually we're creating something that's very unique here. You know, we're creating a product that is you know, really an alternative racing product that supplements really well what we put on in the real world. So, you know, the real races that take place around the world, our esports content is able to supplement that in an authentic way. Why? For one, the game is very realistic. So we're able to create racing that is visually compelling. All of the cars are equalized and the drivers themselves because it is a virtual uh, competition they're going to be more risk-taking you know if they crash they're not going to incur hundreds of thousands of dollars of damage or injure themselves so they're going to be more risk-taking the result of that is that you're able to create a level of racing and a level of racing entertainment that you just cannot replicate in real life so what we've begun to see is actually esports provides us with a form of racing entertainment that is really really compelling and also i think equally we've begun to see that esports as it breaks down barriers to participation and and to engagement because the virtual world is so heavily aligned to the real world in terms of you know when you're playing the game you're playing on a wheel you're playing on a pedal it's a very immersive experience it's very different from other esports where a lot of the games are you know played on a controller or on a pad for example so because you have that heavy overlap between the virtual world and the real world we're really able to have incredible stories where people transition from being a gamer to becoming a real-life racer. You know, Enzo Bonito, when he took part in the Race of Champions earlier this year and really shocked the world when he beat Lucas Degrassi in a real-life car. Now, Lucas Degrassi, you know, for people who know, is an ex-F1 uh, driver and a Formula E champion. So to for a gamer to be able to jump into a real-life car and do that was just absolutely astounding. And I, I have to say, I, mean, I find it incredibly exciting to see the likes of Yano Opmir doing so well this year in 2019. And he's gone on the other, the reverse of that. So not, not eSports to uh, transition the other way. It's, he's come from actually racing on the track to coming into the F1 eSports. Do you th think that's exciting because that, that raises the bar for every driver in this competition? I love Yano's story. I think his story is incredible. Um, his story is actually a story I've heard multiple times, actually, for a lot of the drivers who've maybe started out into the world of motorsports. A lot of them have actually found that it's actually quite expensive, really difficult to sustain a career in, in motorsports. And so, you know, Yarno is, a, is, is an example. We had Graham Carroll, who competed in our 2018 series, who drove for Red Bull Racing. Also similar story, he was a professional racing driver who 
basically couldn't sustain economically a career on the track and found a way to reignite his passion in motorsports and racing through esports. So I really, I really do think that, you know, Yarno's story, um, Graham's story is, is, is a fantastic one because it's really showing that we're, we've been able to open up the world of Formula One and really redefine what it means to be a Formula One driver as well. It's really interesting you mentioned uh, Enzo and Yano. They're going to be coming up a little bit later on in the podcast. But you also mentioned, Julian, about qualification. And David Tanitza, who drives for Ferrari, is one of those drivers who did just that. We can find out his story right now. I'm David Tonizza. I'm 17 years old. I'm from Maranello and I drive for Ferrari Driver Academy, Ublo Esports Team. David, what a season it has been for you. But I want to go back to the beginning last season in the draft what was that like uh, not being picked and has that given you the the energy the desire to come back and show what you're about this year yeah that was my first bigger competition so i went there with no ambitions i'd say but i was a bit upset when i didn't get picked so i started to train really hard and yeah this year i have got picked by ferrari so it's really really a relief right now a relief, but, but put it into context for people listening. I want you to explain what you had to do to get into the draft for this year. Yeah, I started to do bigger competitions on Formula One and also other teams. And teams started to, to look at me and I started to, to get good results. And then this year in the pro draft, I, I showed what I uh, was able to do. And yeah, I'm, I'm right here. And what's it like in qualifying? What do you have to do for the qualifying to get drafted? Yeah, I have to to drive in the Formula One game, in the official event. And then if I'm fast enough, I've been invited to the to the pro draft. And then in the pro draft, I, I've been selected for Ferrari. And, and are you still putting the same amount of hours in to driving that you did back then as you are now? Um, no, of course, I, I was training a little bit uh, less than now. Uh, yeah, right now I'm training so hard, uh, so, so many hours to, to achieve this, this big result. And uh, I think the first F1 esports driver to bring a mascot along uh, to the competition. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I saw in the last event that everyone was bringing a mascot like me. So I think that this trend started to me and... Yeah, I just wanted to to bring here my Tunzilla because it's my my mascot. Yeah, and it's also your nickname as well. So David Tonitzer, they've given you Tonzilla. Yeah, you bring the dinosaur with you, and it's been a good luck charm as well. But obviously, it's not the good luck charm. It's it's you putting those hours in into practice. Yeah, of course. Uh, in this competition, you have also to to be very lucky, but the the training is really important, and also the self belief is the key. So you just have to be prepared. And what was it like when you got picked? You were first in the draft. Uh, Ferrari had that first pick. They chose you. Did you feel a weight on your shoulders or did you feel like, no, they've picked the right guy? <laughs> no, of course, I, I, I found that they picked the right guy. And it was a huge relief because seeing the, the previous year pro draft, how it went and seeing how this year pro draft went, it was fantastic. And, and in terms of a highlight for, for the F1 Esports 2019, what's been your highlight so far? I think the event won because it was my debut, my team debut, and I achieved two victories, so I think that that's my light.
So that was David Tanitza, and as he said, Event 1 was his favourite. Let's have a quick recap of what happened in Event 1. Rasmussen on pole, Bereznaya alongside him, all five lights are on, and we're racing in Bahrain. Quite a long hold, but we're racing in China. This year's winner of the first two races plays the winner of last year's race as we head down into Turn 1. Tanitza then down towards the final corner. Looks as though he's going to take victory in the first race of the season. David Tanitza is going to come through the final corner and win the second round of the F1 New Balance Esports Pro Series in Shanghai. Here they come then, the final blast of corners. Frederick Rasmussen here comes across the line to win in Baku, to win the third race of the F1 Esports Pro Series season. So what a great start to the season for Ferrari's David Tanitza, who roared into the lead of the championship with two wins in event number one. But there was plenty more to come across the season, and we'll be checking back in with the action from the 2019 championship in a moment. But first, I want to find out why all of these F1 teams want to be involved in an esports series like this. Let's hear from some of them now. Hi, I'm Jamie McLaurin, team director at uh, Alfa Romeo Racing F1 esports team, and I'm from London. So I got into esports um, through kind of a, a competitive instinct to compete against the best people in the world, and I've I've been a gamer for for 15 years. But my my previous job was I was a football agent in the Premier League and did that for five years and wanted a new challenge. And esports seemed like the perfect fit because I think it was certainly domestically an industry that still had a lot of growth and potential. And esports gives us the opportunity to access a new fan base. It's been an amazing journey. It's been fantastic to be involved with such an incredible competition and a competition that's developed so quickly and in, in, in two, three years it's been around. These, these guys have natural ability, natural talent to, to, be, to be fast and, and pick up racing lines quickly, but I think to be the very, very best, it's about being calm in stressful situations. I think qualifying is a huge part of success in this championship. Um, because the gaps between first and last is so small, you have to give yourself the best chance of maximising points in races by by being able to, to nail that lap in qualifying. And I also think it, it's very easy to to lose the championship in one event, and, and you've got to be consistent. People deem athletes as people that are very fit and run marathons and whatever, but the mental side, the mental approach, the strategy that goes into these events. People should be looking up to these guys as kind of the the best, the benchmark of this eSport. And I've certainly been very impressed um, working with both our drivers this season, you know, how assured they are in their own ability and being able to act under, under such pressures at such young ages is, is hugely impressive. So that's what makes a good esports racer. And those qualities were clearly on display as we headed to event number two, the second round of races in the 2019 season. Let's get on with the first race of the evening. It's the fourth round of the championship in Montreal. The lights are out and Tino Nakarinen from pole position heads down towards the first corner. And he hasn't got a very good getaway. The two Renaults sweep around the outside and into first and second place. Tomei's having to cover the inside as they come into the chicane for the final time. Now can in and out across the line, takes the checker flag, but it's Rasmussen who takes the victory after the three-second time penalty for Tino Nakarinen. Tomei across the line in second place, Brendan Lee in third. 
This has to be it for Freddy Rasmussen. It's now or never. They bang wheels. Rasmussen looks all the way around the outside, but he can't do it. Tonitza holds on. Tonzilla. Tonzilla yeah, is back job, and he takes victory across the line in Austria. Here comes Marcel Kiefer through club corner for the final time. And for the first time, he wins in the F1 Esports Pro Series. Wonderful drive from Marcel Kiefer. Okay then, so six races down, four different winners. Now, it was tight at the top of the championship with Ferrari's David Tanitza leading the way, just 12 points ahead of Freddy Rasmussen of Red Bull in second. But it was the other way around in the team's championship as Red Bull headed Ferrari. More action from across the season in a moment. But before then, I want to chat to one of the people behind the game. I'm joined by Lee Mather. How are we doing? Yeah, great, thanks. For those that don't know what you do at Codemasters, uh, what, what do you do? Yeah, so title-wise, I'm the game director, um, but essentially um, I oversee the design process of the game, so I run the team that come up with the features, the ideas, and the way they're implemented in the game. Uh, and then obviously there's a huge team of people that put the game together at Codemasters. Here we are getting ready for a grand final 2019. I've got to ask you, what have you seen of this competition and how far we've come to today? I mean, when we started, you know, back in uh, 2017, uh, we, we were amazed at how big we started. I mean, that was a huge competition. To have the finals in Abu Dhabi was something absolutely astonishing. But every year we've seen the competitors grow. We've seen the team's involvement grow. We've seen the, you know, the, the quality of the broadcast, the quality of the feed, everything that's you know, gone to produce what you've seen this year, which has been you know, really astonishing. Do you feel like that's put a bit of pressure on you and Codemasters? Like everyone's raising their game each and every year. Um, do you feel a little bit of pressure? There's always pressure. I mean, we put pressure on ourselves every year as it is. I mean, when you release an annual game, you know, the pressure's always a lot higher than on, on franchises that have got maybe two or three year cadence on their release. You know, we've got to perform every year. We've got to do something to really make that game sell every year. But the, the eSports certainly, I think they say, is, you know, that sort of thing it improves the breed, doesn't it? And it pushes us into areas that maybe we wouldn't have been so good at before, areas that, you know, wouldn't have been so familiar to us. You know, we're learning a lot more about how the game's used in this sort of environment, and it's helping us to build a better game every year. All right then, Lee, obviously loads of people were wanting to probably watch the F1 eSports Pro Series and then think, I'm going to get into this. They're going to buy that game for F1 2020. Can you spill the beans on anything that's going to be in that game? Nope. <laughs> as much as I would love to share the exciting things we're doing, I just can't. <laughs> Classic Lee Mather there from Codemasters, not giving away anything about the F1 game in 2020. But back to the action from 2019 and event number three, the penultimate round of the 2019 season. I think this has been one of the strongest performances in the history of F1 Esports here today. Jano Otmir out across the line to take victory in Hockenheim. Great race from Otmir, Dormel a second, Tanitza extends his championship lead with a third place finish. Here we come then down towards the chicane for the final time. Freddie Rasmussen three tenths away, is he gonna fancy a lunge coming into the chicane? He's so close. Berezne gets on the brakes, gets it stopped, and it's Daniel Berezne who's going to take the win. Yes, yes, come on, yes, come on. Get in there, my boy. Down through the Parabolica for the final time. It's Daniel Berezne who is the winner in Monza. Another win in the F1 Esports Pro Series for Daniel Berezne. So, as we heard in commentary, we had two new race winners from event number three to spice up the championship just that little bit more. 
Red Bull, Head Ferrari and the constructors, but it was the other way round in the drivers, as David Tonitza remained at the top ahead of Red Bull's Freddy Rasmussen. But that win for Jano Otmir and Renault cemented his place in third. He's a track racer, now competing in F1 esports, and he told me what that transition was like. At the start of the season was very tough, obviously, uh, because it was all very new to me. But throughout the season, we've, I've been personally improving a lot, but also as a team. I've been playing F1 games for pretty much my whole life, but only one year really on high level, and I think I'm getting better at it every, every event. So. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that, getting better and better with each race. Yeah. What's it like then when people want to know, well, what's it like going from just playing uh, casually for fun to taking it seriously? What's that difference? What's that transition like? Um, I think it's the competition that pushes you a lot more and also putting a lot more time in um, because before it was just just for fun and it still is for fun uh, because I enjoy it a lot. But now, yeah, I'm really pushing myself on, on all aspects that... I think can help me. And not even 20 yet, Jano. Uh, what, what's your plans for the foreseeable future? How, how do you see your life going in the world of F1 esports? I mean, for next year, it's still F1 esports planned, um, but I don't want to look too far ahead because in racing, everything can change so fast. So for now, the goal is just to win F1 esports uh, every year possible. That was great to hear from Jano. So we've heard about on-track racers switching to esports, but what about esports racers becoming on-track drivers? One of the class of 2019 who's done just that is Enzo Benito of McLaren. At the beginning of 2019, Enzo was invited to take part in the Race of Champions. And that's a competition between drivers of different disciplines driving different motorized vehicles. People like F1 world champion Sebastian Vettel took part. Enzo, tell me what that was like. It's crazy. I still think about it every day. Like if it was yesterday, like I, I still don't believe it myself. But everything what's happened after made me realize so much how much like the fact that I look like an iconic guy for the people that want to do the step from the simulator to the real racing. And it, it made me so proud in a way because I tried to prove what actual simulators can do and all that stuff. But after, I think the biggest uh, achievement for me was all the people actually believing that are driving the simulators, actually believing that they could drive real cars as well. Did you, did you ever feel any pressure, Enzo, when you went into that race? Oh. Because the people say that, ah, oh, these are sim racers, they'll never actually get to, to race for real. But you got to do that. Did you feel any pressure? And was there relief mm. when, you, when you beat a Formula driver? I mean, absolutely. It, it was um, a chance to take, if something wrong would have happened, all the world would have seen us sim racer as the guys that actually can drive a, a real car. And so the fact that it went the way it went, like beating a Formula E champion and showing that pace was there against the other drivers made all this happen. And yeah, the the world of sim racing and real racing combines day after day even more. And um, yeah, super proud about it. Uh, I think you should definitely be very proud about that. And where do you see your career going? Where do you see yourself maybe, say, in two years' time? Well, um, I actually started racing this year because of the race of champion. We did our first um, championship in Italy and we finished P3. Uh, it was uh, a learning year as well, and uh, from that on, we are already thinking about next year. So uh, I'm going to be racing next year, I'm pretty sure I can say that. 
yeah, Race of Champion made me be a race car driver pretty much in in a way. So I um, could never be uh, thankful enough to them giving the opportunity to to this simulator drivers like me to actually achieve a dream. And, and do you think because of what you've achieved, this will set the path for other sim racers to qualify, come into the F1 Esports uh, and, and compete and then go on to maybe achieve what you've done? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think every motorsport enthusiast as a child, I think they, they put themselves in the position I wear when I was really young. Well, I'm still young, I think. I'm 24, so... <laughs> but anyway... <laughs> but anyway, yeah, as I was, like, 13, 14, and I was starting simulators, I was just thinking, okay, I can't actually drive a real car or pretend to start a Formula 4 career or to follow a dream. But simulator is what made me do that. Because, you know, you, you're driving and you think... You almost think sometimes... Yeah, this is this is um, what I need. Like I'm driving right now, and uh, you you feel satisfied because you, you feel like you are driving a car. All the all the opportunity that comes, I think people are just gonna gonna do it because as a motorsport heart, people wanna drive cars and they wanna drive them fast and they will try it the best they can. I'm sure. So, I think it's fair to say the 2019 F1 Esports Championship has been the biggest and best season yet. But what does it mean to these drivers to be crowned the champion? Mercedes' Brendan Lee is a two-time F1 Esports champion, and he told me how competing in this competition over the past three seasons has changed his life. Three years is a long time, and I've grown a lot in the three years. Um, when I look back into the journey from 2017, I wasn't that confident. I was quite shy. I didn't really want to go and do much. I sort of preferred just to sort of sit in my own little bubble and maybe not talk to people and just do me in that sense. I'm still the same. I'm still the same in the sense that I prefer to be in my own little bubble, my own little world. But I'm different in the sense that I can go up and meet people. I can go introduce myself. And the thing what has probably strived at the most is I found something in life that I enjoy doing, I love doing, and that's driving and sort of competing on this level. And it sort of just brought this whole self-confidence and that personality much higher. And it's just opening doors and opening my personality. I'd say the thing what drove it forward is just because before I was always that sort of kid what didn't want to go up and talk in front of the class and maybe I'll start stuttering, maybe become a bit shy. Now with camera and you have a few million people watching you, you just learn to block out the world. And now I have a filter in my mind and it's sort of just like a thing of, is it going to affect me? No. Does it? Do I care if there's four million people watching me? No, because my job is to drive. Mm. My job is to give that answer. My job is to do that. And whether there's one person watching me or five million or 500 million doesn't matter to me because it's just my job. It, it doesn't phase you anymore, no. I, I guess. Whereas maybe the fear factor was there before, but now you've learned a coping mechanism for it. I'm sure a lot of people listening will, will sort of sympathize and know exactly what you're talking about. So, so that Brendan Lee that's learned how to be an F1 esports driver and know how to deal with those situations, two years of being the champ, coming into yeah. the to year three, What's that been like to, to be the champion and, and kind of have a target on your back? I mean, being a target on your back after winning twice, like I say, it doesn't faze me because 
it doesn't really change the fact that you've got to perform. If you've got two championships or seven, ten, whatever number you want, or you might not even have any, your job is to drive the next race as good as possible. You can't sit there and go, oh, I have five championships. Doesn't matter if I do two races bad sort of thing. Mm. You always have to perform higher on the next, next race, higher level than you did before. Mm. I think I already know the answer to this question. Coming into year three, uh, some people would say they haven't quite seen the Brendan Lee they expected to see because it's a formality, of course. It's F1 Esports, of course. It's Brendan Lee's uh, name's going to be on that trophy. So I imagine it hasn't phased you at all this year when the results haven't been coming. Is that is that yeah, right? The results obviously aren't amazing, uh, but they haven't phased me. They haven't knocked my confidence because I'm fully aware of what's going on to be causing the result. And... And you go from being on the front row quite a lot of times in previous years. I think I had the most polls out of anyone last year in 2018. Same as 2017, I think I had the most average position highest on the grid. To suddenly start in P16 in Silverstone, I'm aware of the factors what are causing it. And then we're looking to solve it. I, th I think you've, uh, in many respects, written a fantastic story for 2020. Um, Two-time champion, third season one of struggles and, and difficulties and challenges and then the, that fourth season you overcome them and, and, and get back up there where we know that you have that ability. That would be a perfect story for you, wouldn't it? I think a perfect story would be winning four times in a row. That's my honest opinion. Um, I think obviously it's not a reality at the moment of being able to win four times in a row and my objective and the team's objectives within Mercedes is to fight back for next year, understand the and solve the issues we've had this year and then fight back next year then try and win four times in a row after that. All right, well, listen, uh, Brennan, uh, thank you very much for giving me the time. I think you've given the insight into Brennan Lee, a uh, former two-time champion, and uh, yeah. all the best for the rest of the season. Thank you very much. All right, so uh, I am currently in the Players' Lounge, and a person I've bumped into is an integral part of my team and the whole team here. Uh, without him, I would be nothing. I think that's fair to say. Mr. Matt Gallagher, um, known as the touchscreen man, but you're more than that, aren't you? <laughs> I absolutely am, Tom, but thank you for having me. It's, uh, it's good to see you again for the final. Yeah, grand final. So we've obviously been there from 2017. Let's bring it up to the present day. Each year it's got bigger and more exciting and more tense and we've seen the seriousness in an odd way if I can describe it that way get even more intense yeah yeah definitely I mean you have 2017 where you know it's the first season and, and you, you already find us in Abu Dhabi and I think a lot of the drivers were almost like uh, you know deers and headlights really they were all very much kind of a little bit apprehensive about the whole experience whereas now you know you look with third season now and you've got the F1 teams involved mentally preparing them for, for, for nights like this where you have thousands of people watching the lights on you the cameras on you it's, it's a huge occasion and we're seeing with these different winners Brendan Lee potentially falling off that there are more drivers now getting up to speed and, and it's good to see. Now let's go to it the grand final it's happening um for the first time, we're going to see a brand new champion. It will be unfamiliar for you and I on that on that stage, welcoming a new champion. But that's got to be an exciting reason to tune in. Absolutely, yeah. We we got so used to saying Brendan Lee winning, etc. And now this season, we're surprised if he's on the front row of the grid. So it is exciting to to see a new champion born. And um, and I think 
it's good for the sport. You know, you don't want to see someone winning year on year on year on year. Um, and, you know, you've got some great drivers. Rasmussen, who was so close last year. Uh, can he do it this year? We don't know. Uh, Tanitza comes out of the blocks from nowhere, gives people belief that he wasn't even picked in the draft last year. Now he's right at the front. So it, it's good to see that people can just come from nowhere uh, and, and start performing at the top level. Perfect. And finally, Matt, uh, have you ironed your shirt ready for being on camera? Yes. It is so uncreased. If only you could see his face right now. That's <laughs> definitely not an iron shirt. It's uh, fine. <laughs> thank you so much, Matt Gallo. Looking forward to that final. Thanks, Tom. Okay, so uh, let me take you on a journey. I'm currently in the Players' Lounge for the Gfinity F1 Esports Pro Series 2019. And I'm going to be walking right ahead to the arena. Now, as I'm walking along, I can actually see the Ferrari team making their way across there now. And if you are some of the public that are going to be coming to watch, there's a couple of sims all set up for them. There's actually two rigs where you get to test out your skills. And maybe, hopefully, if you're lucky, 2020 could be the year that you come back. And this is really the moment where teams definitely stick together. I'm seeing this Ferrari team very close-knit. Everything they do together, eat, drink, uh, and obviously hotels as well before the fixtures because they were here yesterday for qualification. So there's a long walk here and the whole area is lined up with F1 esports posters, pictures, really giving you a sense, not just for the players, but also for those coming to watch, that you are about to witness a grand final. And obviously, not just the stage itself, but the whole atmosphere here is really building up to something which is unique and will complete three seasons of it. The noise begins to build as I'm opening the door here to get to the final bit of the arena. And I have to say, this is where your eyes can't quite believe what they're seeing here. It is magnificent. There's a whole stream of lights that come right into your face. And as you see the rigs all set up, it truly is magnificent here at the Gfinity Arena. I see a lot of people, a lot of team principals, team engineers, all stood there, sat waiting to get going. And I know that the drivers, when they walk out here today, they'll see and feel an immense pressure and nerves, which will start to jangle. You've got all these rigs that are lined up. There's actually uh, six at the top on one side, six on the other side, but then you've got another four down below. So you really are quite claustrophobically packed in here as a whole team. Let me just take you around one of these rigs, which are set up hours, hours, days in advance. Each setup is set specifically to the driver's specifications. They've got a bucket seat, you've got your pedals, steering wheel, whole monitor set up. And what's brilliant is they've got their team colors. So when they're sat down for the race, they definitely feel apart and different to the team next to them. All right, enough of me explaining what's happening around me right now at the arena. It is time to find out who will be crowned the F1 Esports Pro Series Champion 2019. What an impressive drive this has been as he comes into the final chicane. Frederick Rasmussen wins in Suzuka. A really strong drive, and he has hauled himself back into championship contention, closing in on David Tanitza, who can only finish fourth. Down the back straight they come for the final time. Does Tanitza fancy a look at Benito? 
Little bit of a think about it, but not quite close enough. Jano Otmir there in fourth place will try and get past the Ferrari driver. Looks to the outside and Ooh. they can't quite get it done this time. Jano Otmir for the third time in a row trying to get through, not quite able to. And Tonitsa is in third, but it's Rasmussen out front. It has been a pleasure with both of you. I'm proud of you guys. Red Bull Racing is proud. You are Formula One Esports World Champ. Congrats, guys. Not bad. Freddie Rasmussen across the line to seal the team's championship for the Red Bull team with those results. Tanitsa gets away nicely, moves over towards the inside to cover off Daniel Berezhne. Here they come, down into the centre S, and Tanitsa's under pressure from Berezhne in the Alfa Romeo. Tries to swing around the outside, and that's a great move! Oh, Tanitsa for the leadership! Devon Tanitsa up the inside of Daniel Berezhne. Here they come towards the centre S, and he goes for it. Berezhne gets the inside line, Tanitsa doesn't fight him too hard, he knows what's on the line. Here they come then towards the final corner, dropping down through Magulio and then up towards Chun Sao for the final time. Daniel Berezhne is the man who looks like he's going to take the victory in the final race of this 2019 season. But second place across the line for Ferrari, their first year in the championship, his first year in the championship, and the 2019 title for David Tanitza. Berezhne wins the race, Tanitza is the champion. Oh, wow. Uh, the grand final of 2019 is all done and dusted. I'm with Matt Gallagher. What a way to end this season. David Tonitsa, the driver's champion. Yeah, that was such a such an incredible show. It came down to the wire. Brazil, Tomzilla, as they like to call him, still going for the victory, even though he had the driver's championship wrapped up. So it was a little bit of a squeaky bum time, wasn't it, occasionally? But... You know, he came out on top and you could see how much it meant to him as well. Yeah, indeed. And those pyrotechnics going off, we've got like the, the buzz what of everyone. What did you say? <laughs> <laughs> Death from it. <laughs> it was very loud. There's a buzz still here. Everyone wants to get an interview with David Tanitza. This is a dream come true for him, surely. Absolutely. You know, considering he wasn't picked last year to be in, even in any team. Uh, and now he's the F1 Esports champion. He's going to be hot property for 2020. Will Ferrari keep him? Will he go somewhere else? Yeah, and, Who knows? and and obviously looking at this, I mean, there is a buzz now. I feel like there's unfinished business as we go into 2020, though, with the likes of Danny Berezny. Yeah, it's spicy, isn't it? You know, you've got Alfa Romeo, you've got Ferrari, you've got loads of teams all wanting to win. And I think that's the, going to be the key for 2020, that, that it is completely up in the air. We don't know who's going to be champion for then because everyone is going to be putting in the time in from tomorrow. I've, I've, heard, I've heard from Mercedes guys, they're going no. to be practicing from tomorrow. <laughs> no, surely not. And, and obviously for the teams, uh, the money, the $500,000 prize pool, they were all about that constructors point. I know Williams were happy that they got to P5, but for the Red Bull team, this is massive for them and, and it gives them more money to potentially use in esports for next year and obviously get a driving champion potentially. Yeah, absolutely. And I think Rasmussen will be wearing a big gold chain around his, his neck or something, I'm sure, as well, because, you know, he's uh, going to have a few bob in the bank after this. But for sure, you know, they're going to be able to invest even more into their esports program. But Red Bull are a team that are known for backing esports to the absolute hills. So it'll be interesting to see how much further they can go. Well, there you go then. Red Bull, the team champions this year. Let's hear from their team principal, Christian Horner. I think what we've seen this year is with the growth of eSport, you know, particularly in Formula 1, has been, been enormous and therefore the competition level has been extremely high and I think you know, our drivers have had to really you know, deliver at every event consistently, just like in the real world, 
to come out with uh, with with the, the team's title. So, you know, congratulations to everybody involved, and um, uh, you know, we're very proud to have won that that championship in the second year. Okay, so I'm here at the grand final. I'm with a man who's holding that trophy. He's not letting it out of his hands whatsoever. Davitanitsa, what does it feel like to be the 2019 F1 Esports Pro Series champ? Yeah, I just have to take some time to, to think about that. I, I didn't expect this uh, when I started the season, so I'll have a party tonight, so maybe I'll think later on, maybe tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, it was incredible. Like, you didn't get drafted last year drafted this year to go on and be the driver's champion uh, Ferrari must have seen your talent and known that you could achieve this yeah I grew a lot during the year but of course Ferrari uh, found that maybe I had a lot of talent so I'm just grateful to them and yeah I'm, I'm really happy and the question is when will you get back in the driving rig and start practicing for next year will you have a week off will you have a part holiday yeah, of course. I will come back to the family for Christmas and then maybe I'll start again to train. Oh, amazing. And I have to ask, this uh, this trophy, where is that going to be placed? Back home? Somewhere in Italy? Yeah, I'll ask if it's possible to put it in the Maronello Museum, Ferrari Museum. So. Oh, what an amazing thing. And then what happens now? It is a party, it is celebrating with your team, right? Yeah, of course, we'll have a party, so we, we will enjoy the moment. Oh, amazing. David Tonitsa, uh, this year's F1 Esports Pro Series champion. Uh, Well-deserved. Congratulations. Thank you. All right, well, that is it for the 2019 New Balance F1 Esports Pro Series. Congratulations uh, to David Tonitsa, the driver's champ, and to Red Bull Esports Racing, crown champions for this year. You can keep up to date with all the news from the series by visiting f1esports.com. And don't forget to keep playing the F1 game because just like David Tonitsa, you could be swapping the bedroom for the podium. Thank you so much for listening. It really has been a blast. As you can hear in the background, I'm about to get ready with the celebrations. This has been a Mega City production for Formula One.